0: Today I move you all as we talk about all of us strangers, maestro and the zone of interest. time for Movie wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And yes, as well. Movie wallers is your weekly list of film reviews, movie news and general banter in theatres on DVD, online streaming or in Beckham Airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. And I am getting ready for dinner. I'm so hungry. <laughs>
1: You're starting with are you that. You're starting with I am. With <laughs> I am. <Yeah>. I am. <laughs> well, are you saying that food is more important than
0: what we are doing? Food is life. Food <laughs>
1: is. <laughs> the elixir. You
0: know, to hell with these movie reviews and podcasts and... Give me my Shangxi magic kitchen that we talked about <laughs> in the last episode.
2: This is a continuation for those. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just, just for the record, um, we sometimes record a, co- a podcast back to back. This is one of those occasions. And now we've got to get through. Th- there are three movies in between me and... Dumplings. And, and, and magic noodles. And I'm ready to eat. We're
2: all addicted to dumplings, I think.
0: Well, we, we last ate at lunchtime um, today. <laughs> We did what? <laughs> we last yes. eight at lunchtime yes. today. It it it? It's been eight hours. It's since. now eight p.m., which is late for us. <laughs> that is true. Yes. That.
2: but it's nice. But yes, but
0: yeah, and and dumplings are our favorite things. Yes. So yes. Let's
2: just, just like let's get to it. Okay. Well,
0: I, part part of saying that we're all business in this podcast is simply uh, that we're not going to do our Netflix picks because there's no space there's three in movies. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, these are three and good I movies. Think there's three movies, big with movies, quite a lot to talk about. Um. So we have uh, all of us strangers, maestro, and the zone of interest. I say, let's go. Yep. Yes. Okay. Let's I have right the.
2: Uh, I have the intro to all of us strangers. Um, so written and directed by Andrew Haig. Um, this is a movie about. Um, one night in his near-empty tower block in contemporary London, Adam has a chance to encounter with a mysterious neighbour, Harry, which punches the rhythm of his everyday life. As a relationship develops between them, Adam is preoccupied with memories of the past and finds himself drawn back to the suburban town where he grew up and the childhood home where his parents appear to be living, just as they were on the day they died 30 years before. Um, so this has got a great cast. This has got Andrew Scott, Paul Mascal... Um, Jamie Bell Claire Foy and um, its runtime is one hour and 45 minutes so not bad Um, Yazdi all of us strangers are we?
1: Yes we are all of us strangers so I I I love this uh, filmmaker Andrew Hay he did um, a movie called Weekend uh, which is beautiful romantic story between two guys in Britain beautiful movie and then he followed that up with 45 years which was you know, Charlotte Rampling, excellent film. And then he followed that up with Lean on Pete. Remember that movie about the boy and the horse? I do remember. Oh, God, <sighs> yes. So this is a very, very versatile director. Yes, and now 45
2: he's, years. You've just reminded me was amazing. And earned Charlotte Rampling her first Oscar after a nomination.
1: After like after 30 years, years or something. right, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is his latest movie. I think this movie is one that will take the typical audience members I'm getting used to. And I will confess in the first half, it kind of caught on my nerves because I'm like, what's going on here? Where's this movie going? And it's very, very, very melancholy. It's, you know, about this, this character, you know, played by Andrew Scott, who, you know, is pretty depressed and, you know, he's living in isolation. And then suddenly this weird thing happens where he appears to visit his parents who don't appear to have aged at all in the last 30 years. And so there is kind of this sci-fi element to it. And then how the movie ends has still got me thinking. I have some theories in my mind about what may or may not have happened. And I love that for a movie so grounded and so serious and so melancholy, it still allows for the unexplained and the sci-fi elements to creep in. And I think ultimately it's about a person trying to deal with the loss of his parents very tragically and how your mind plays with it. So the more I think about it, the more I appreciate it. I understand where he's getting to. I would recommend all lovers of movie to watch it. But if you're the kind who doesn't have the patience, maybe this is not the movie for you.
2: Joe?
0: Ooh, this is a good one. This is a very good movie. Mm -hmm. Um, You know... We I grumbled a lot about in the last podcast, Saltburn, movie <laughs> with some real structural issues, right? Here you have um, some structural challenges that are purely in service of the story and character and journey. And it, it took me a while, Yazdi, like you, to kind of finally kind of click with what was going on because... Um, it's puzzling at first. You mm-hmm. you don't quite understand. You're not given the information you need to understand. And as it slowly starts to reveal its hand, um, that's when it starts to tug on on your emotions. Mine um, in particular. Um, towards the end were, were, you know, us feeling, you know, very moved by uh, what was going on, what was going on, his response to what was going on, his memories of what was had happened to him. And yeah, it doesn't fully explain itself, but it didn't have to. I think it left you with a feeling and um yeah this is this is fantastic
2: I'm in agreement with you both I think this is a stunning portrayal of grief (laughs) that's really what it felt like to me and it's hard to explain grief to people who haven't experienced it and I was completely on board with this person's grief and what it's done to them over the years um it's such a beautiful, uh, Andrew Scott. I mean, yeah. again, I think this is an Oscar-worthy performance. This is a really quiet movie. It doesn't shout and scream. It doesn't shove things down your throat. It doesn't push your buttons it's a very quiet unfolding about this person and you just want to hug this person and that's difficult to do without being um overly melodramatic it doesn't cross over into melodrama even once Mm -mm. um it stays on the right side of that i absolutely love this movie i love this movie It, it really at one point i think almost made me a blubbering mess it didn't quite get me there because it's so well controlled in terms of pacing, um, but it's a really interesting story as well. And I, I think it's a really good um, original screenplay as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's the time of the year when all these great movies are coming out and I wouldn't has there are four lead actors in this, Paul, uh, Andrew Scott, Paul Mescal, and then the two actors who play his parents, yeah. Claire Boy, Foy and, and Jamie, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell, yeah they're all not perfect and i almost hesitate to say this because people might misinterpret it but i will say it this is the kind of movie where i think after having seen it i understand what happened and i almost want to rewatch it almost like the sixth sense yes. to see if based on what yes, you think yes, it is yes. I does agree. it hold up yeah because it like you said it's so cleverly constructed and what seems initially to be just Distance is maybe something else, and and it's it's yeah, it's such a mysterious puzzle. And I think it's, I love that this is what cinema can be, and it's it's like a little puzzle given to you, and it becomes stranger and stranger. But it, but it had a gut punch at me at the end where yeah. I'd I realized, oh, right. And so it's quite an accomplishment, right? You, I mean, this movie has a budget of nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just four actors and see what they're able to do. I mean, there yeah. were some scenes between him and his parents, which were just so hard to watch, uh, especially with his mom. Um, so yeah, it's quite something.
0: It, it's its impact is interesting because, you know, you say it's a gut punch at the end. Um, it was a stealth blow. I didn't know I'd been injured until mm-hmm. the next day when the movie kind of came back and I had a wave of emotion in my recollection of it, which was very interesting. You know, I I came out and, you know, we're always asked for these kind of instant reactions. Uh, This is a movie where I think that process uh, is is a disservice to the movie because it, for me at least, the way I felt coming out was a little cold, a little distant, because it, it, it takes time for... Um, you know, in the way that the movie is a slow burn, it took time for me to get there to get its message, and that didn't happen as the credits were rolling. I was like, "Oh, this is yeah, it was good. It's moving, blah blah blah." But um, I couldn't string together anything coherent about what I'd just seen because it's the it's the it reminds me of the Paul Mescal movie from last year, yes, um, Afterlife, oh, yeah. uh, I think, After Sun, it, After Sun. Um, yeah. Where again, in the moment, I was like, yeah, it was a good movie," and and you know came out and uh, you know we, I think we watched it at home. It wasn't until a day or two later that I I, I was almost moved to tears with just the sense of it all, right? Yeah. The, 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 the and,
2: and it's that's another movie about loss as well, yeah, right? I, I mean, I, I, I yeah.
0: connect two of them with Paul Mescal, but it, uh, it, it, it's yeah. that feeling that you have after the credits roll, the following.
1: Yeah, yeah, go on. No, go on. No, I mean, both of those films are about how do you process grief like 10, yep. 15, 20, 30 years after yeah. something's happened. Both of those films yeah. are about that, yeah.
0: And how it can kind of get you in, in unexpected ways, I think. You know, I think, again, there's there's a second element to the grief here, which I think, mm. um, yeah. you know, again, the way that the movie is constructed and structured, and um, you, you, you know, it's a very intense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say two things stand out to me. One is the editing. The editing is mm, note perfect yeah, in this movie. Yeah. And secondly, the production is phenomenal. Um, I noted down, um, there's a period when he's kind of going back into the 80s, it feels like, also great 80s soundtrack. If you are a child of the 80s, which which we are, um, those hits will, will blow, you know, it's, it's so nice to see those again. The production design is so good down to the digital watch on Jamie Bell's wrist. Yeah, um, yeah. And some of the elements of that kitchen that we go back into is his old house. Yeah. Um, And the things that are lying around on that kitchen were literally like walking into our houses, I think, um, when we were probably like 10 to 12 years old.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think Jamie Bell, sorry, I think Andrew Scott may actually be older in real life than Jamie Bell or Claire Foy. Right. But once you're like, something weird is going on. Why, yeah. why are his parents the yeah. same age as him? Once you put that past, I did not for a second doubt that they were his parents, right? The acting is so good. Yeah. And much of the, I, I, I made a note to that the transitions are very, very seamless. They're yeah. done very well. And there is a distant kind of loneliness through the first part of the movie. You don't see too many other people around and it's, it kind of sets up this, this mood. And, and I love, to the movie's great credit, there's, there's a lot of close-ups in the movie. Everybody's face and is in close-ups. And this is a gift, I think, to all of these actors.
2: And there's a lot of reflection. There's a lot of a lot things of in, in windows and things in mirrors. I don't know if you noticed. There's a lot of things in, in uh, looking at themselves, which is very hard to do, I think. Yeah. I think it also explores that whole, how to say this, If you've lost someone who's very dear to you, you often, I'm going to have to try and say this without crying my eyes out, you often have conversations with them Mm -hmm. or you imagine what it would be like to tell them Mm -hmm. something that you saw on TV that you might interest them or something that you read and you're constantly having this dialogue with them. And that's where it really, that's the mm-hmm. piece I really connected with um, is just that what if you, and those people are frozen in time, right? They don't grow any older. You grow old. You still have that memory of them that you lost them. Mm-hmm. And that's beautifully done in this movie. I think this is just such a phenomenal piece of filmmaking um, that, that is so much more than what is on the screen.
0: Yeah, totally and uh, you know like like all of the best uh, screenplays and writing um you know the the real the real impact of it lives between the scenes it's what it's it's the feeling that remains um yeah. as the as the movie progresses and oftentimes that you have to kind of take your own journey there it just it's it just gives you the primer it pushes you in that direction yeah. and then and that's why it becomes so much more impactful I mean you know some of some of my most uh, favorite movies in the, in the on the first watch, I didn't really understand them in the moment. But here, and this is one of those. But um, yeah, very very sparingly directed. It's it, and a heavier hand would have been to its detriment.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I I'm just reading here on the Wikipedia that it's actually based on a Japanese novel called, ah. called Strangers, and that Andrew Hay has taken the bare bones of it and kind of added more layers of the unknown and the supernatural, whatever you want to add to it. And so now I'm thinking it's even more difficult that he's taken somebody else's. I would think if I read a novel based on this, that it would be unfilmable. Yeah. Right. I would think the story is unfilmable, but the fact that
0: I would not green light the screenplay.
1: Yeah. I would be like, nobody's going to get it. It's all abstract. And the fact that it all comes together and, yeah, I, I think it's it's a gift for the movie lovers yeah. amongst us.
2: Do you want to sum this one up, Yazdi?
1: Yeah, a, a stingy eight eight and a half out of ten. I think if you love movies, you should see this and stay with the movie. Don't let its kind of distant, sterile tone initially kind of uh, deter you from seeing it. Especially if you if you're watching it, uh, you know, on streaming or something. But stay with this. This this is quite remarkable. This the, it's amazing how you can do so much with so little. Joe,
0: yeah, it definitely requires patience. Um, I would say, in, in in some ways, it's similar in tone to the movie Past Lives that we saw earlier this mm-hmm. year. It's completely mm-hmm. different, different story, but that same kind of let it wash over you type feeling that you have, and then the way it lingers with you you know long after the movie has has kind of gone away um you know so yeah i goodness me i'm i'm struggling not to give it a nine because it really it's it's so so it's so well crafted like i can't help but admire how they have done this and The sleight of hand that it had with me I mean even the things that we talked about here you know even the things in the description I walked into this cold and blind I I couldn't remember I think at one point I said to Rashmi when we left I said what was the name of that movie because I didn't even know the movie's called and I think that's the best way to watch something like this Um, just go in there um, and trust us um, that we we will have a good time in fact, you shouldn't have listened to this podcast. Go away. Rewind time and, do, and, and, and erase the memory of the podcast. Yeah, nine out of ten.
2: Yeah, it's a nine out of ten for me as well. Do not be a stranger to this one. I think this is a rush out and see as soon as it comes out. Yeah.
1: And I I hope nobody forgets about these phenomenal actors at the end of the year, which is which is upon us.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I think the timing is good because had it come earlier in the year, it may have yeah drifted away i mean again i think um i hate the hollywood game but i think in with a movie like this it has to be played and and yeah i want to see them if not
2: all of them nominated if they're not
0: topping these lists they need to be on them
2: yeah yeah
0: moving on then movie number two of the week is maestro so So
1: i will be introducing that one so You know, Bradley Cooper used to be an actor. He used to be on many, many television shows, and he kind of made gradually working hard. He kind of made his way into into movies, and he's been acting in movies for I don't know fifteen years at least. And then um, a few years ago, he decided to do a remake uh, of uh, A Star A Star Is Born, which had already been made three, four times before, and he wrote and directed that film. And that film famously got him a Best Supporting Actor, Best Actress for Lady Gaga, Best Actor for himself. It won an Oscar for Lady Gaga for Best Song. Uh, Very, very, very uh, celebrated. And so there was a lot of, uh, again, expectation in terms of what is Bradley Cooper going to write and direct next. And uh, apparently this has been a passion project of his for a long time, and he finally sees it through fruition and... uh, uh, Bradley Cooper writes, directs, and acts um, in the movie about the great conductor composer Leonard Bernstein. And uh, this love story chronicles the lifelong relationship of Leonard Bernstein and actress Felicia montalegro Corn Bernstein, Corn Bernstein, sorry. And uh, it's, as to the best of my knowledge, a biopic of Bernstein. Uh, the writing credit uh, is shared with uh, Josh Singer and the cast includes Bradley Cooper playing Bernstein himself um, and Kerry Mulligan playing his wife, Felicia Montalegre. Matt Bomer is here playing David Oppenheim uh, and many other actors. Uh, I think the world has a lot of faith in Bradley Cooper and, uh, you know, I I couldn't come for this screening because I went to see the other one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I missed out on it. And the good thing, the oh, Sarah Silverman is here as well. Uh, The good thing about it is this Netflix has uh, bankrolled this film and this film is going to uh, be streaming on Netflix soon. So I think everybody and their parents should be able to watch Maestro. But will they want to? Should they bother? Yes. Who wants to?
0: Joe can go first. Sure. So this is a technical masterpiece um really the movie is is just wonderfully well crafted wonderful performances there's not 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 a single line of dialogue that i can fault um it, it's it's just shot with such a grandness to it the soundtrack is all bernstein music and and yeah, uh, you know, again, it comes through loud and and powerful and and emotive. It's just a pity that the movie's a bit of a snoozer. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had a hard time kind of keeping myself interested in it, which is such a shame because um, you know it almost feels like a series of uh, vignettes, but the, but the vignettes are scenes, not necessarily like short elements of of life. They just each scene seems to struggle to connect to the next scene, and mm-hmm. then. Towards the end of the movie and its final act, it performs a mo- um, um, uh, a, an act of emotional manipulation that mm-hmm. has me absolutely manipulated. It works. I mean, tears. I feel the movie's passion, but I come out. I came out and I thought I feel manipulated mm-hmm. because that wasn't a good movie, but it it had a powerful emotional impact on me. So, um, yeah, I I I didn't love this movie at all, and I'm going to find it really hard that you sit down and watch this. Anybody. Um, I think that makes me a little bit of an outlier here, but it was frustrating.
2: Exactly what Joe said. Oh, oh.
1: Really?
2: Honestly, oh, really? I I agree with everything you said. I think it's magnificent. Yeah. It's, it's magnificent. Oh I goodness. mean, write that nomination for Production Bradley Design. Cooper, write it mm-hmm. for Kerry Mulligan, write it for... Um, you know, production design. Write it for screenplay. Write it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff here. Costume. Um, it's really he's he's magnificent. She's magnificent. The movie's just a little boring overall. I don't know what the message of the movie was. I don't know what the arc was. I think it's it. It feels a little bit like Marriage Story. It's more Marriage Story than mm. um, than it's, than Leonard Bernstein, the genius, I guess.
0: Well, Leonard Bernstein, I don't know this about the man, but the way he's portrayed here is is a talker, and he talks so much and he talks so fast. And Bradley Cooper, to his great credit, becomes Leonard Bernstein. Yeah. This is not Bradley. Even physically. Yeah. Physically. This is it's not fantastic. Bradley Cooper acting as Leonard Bernstein. This is Leonard Bernstein just yakking away. Chan- this is, yeah. Bradley in, uh, Cooper's interp- interpretation of Le- uh, Leonard Bernstein. But he's talking a lot of stuff and it's so fast the way he talks. And technical. And, and technical and the scenes kind of. Um, just come thick and fast without much to kind of tie them together into a narrative that would pull me in. Now, maybe this is because I don't know much about Leonard Bernstein. But we didn't know anything about about Tar either, and that
2: was also a similar movie in terms of a a very, you know, learned...
0: yeah, I, I feel like other than like one moment at the beginning, which kind of indicates his greatness, where he stepped in, and this is not a spoiler; it happens very early on in the movie. But you know, he stepped in to conduct for somebody um, last minute, and we became famous because he did such, such a fantastic a job. job. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, "This guy has talent." Um, other than that, there didn't seem to be any kind of. Um, Celebration of the music that made it. I mean, the music, he, mm. the soundtrack is all Bernstein. It's all his music, all his sound, all of all of the, uh, the 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 style of classical music for which he's very famous. But it doesn't seem to talk much about like the West Side Story. Right? He wrote West Side Story, the music, and that's that's kind of lost. And I think that's a great accomplishment. That the the movie seems to somehow recognize that he was celebrated for it, but doesn't celebrate it for us, with us. and Well,
2: well. and the other piece is it's almost a little bit like the Fablemans in the last year's, the Fablemans, yeah, Fablemans in the sense of a, a, couple, a couple is going through something and have an agreement about their marriage. And it's how they both deal with that agreement that they've made, which isn't really a, a written agreement, but it seems like a silent agreement that they've mm-hmm. made about the rules of their marriage but it, but the but the problem with this is it, it doesn't delve deep enough into that kind of understanding of why they were why why they made this agreement so it's neither the story of his music neither is it the story the full dive, story yeah. of their their relationship and neither is it a uh, deep dive into his greatness so in the end you kind of get a little flavor a little smorgasbord of these three three elements and and it and it's again the acting Carrie Mulligan is phenomenal Bradley, Bradley Cooper Shana, is yeah. phenomenal the supporting cast is fantastic but it never quite gels as a movie
1: do you think they were too scared to get to too personal about?
2: about Well, they get personal in the sense that it, no, no, I don't, I mean, it gets personal, but it just, it doesn't show us, it doesn't show us the reasons why, Mm. why they felt that they had to do this.
0: It's again, I I know that this is going to land on screenwriting lists and, uh, but it failed to create a compelling narrative about the man mm. um, in a way that I think a movie um called Maestro about Leonard Bernstein and his life um, should right and so there's a story, and the story in particular like i say um in in the final act is is uh, is is moving, and when we get into i guess some of the the relationship and family um elements of, of his life um yeah it's 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 a great movie um but it, it doesn't um the, the question you asked Yazdi was
1: like is it afraid to get too personal no no it, okay.
0: get, it, it gets very personal okay but I just don't know that it
1: because if you're treating it
0: with hollow gloves enough, yeah. of, enough of the like right. you know a, a person is composed of many different elements and I think this doesn't give us enough of a flavor of mm. holistically of, of who this person was. I mean, you know, we we know that he was troubled. You know, as all of the greats are often troubled, right? The the art comes from the the the, the pain or the sense of longing. Mm. You know, we 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 know that about Bernstein. And I don't know if if everyone knows, but um, the the movie early on kind of reveals his. Hand in terms of things that he might, um, Mm. you know, struggle with, but, um, yeah, just, just oddly. I mean, I'll wrap it up. I mean, look, the genius and film craft. Is is here in spades. Bradley Cooper is undeniably talented as a director. He he knows what he's doing. He brings it to the table. He wrote the hell out of this. He directed the hell out of this. It's so handsome. It it flits back and forth with color and black and white. The the portrayals are fantastic. The performances he gets from his actors are fantastic. The score, oh, mesmerizing. But it's boring, and I'm really upset to say that because I would love to recommend this to more people. But, you know, I'm kind of glad it's getting a Netflix release. I think, you know, give it a shot. No harm, no foul if it's not for you. But, um, you know, I think people will probably like it more than I did. I just was just...
1: Yeah, it's running 82%. It's tomorrow, so you know.
0: sad for me to see something and this And you love, you love music. You're yeah. the music, yeah. To To be this... Dull. And then, and then dull and then manipulative. And I think that if it, it felt like a very cheap shot to focus on the the particular final act in the way that they did to try and get more emotionality into the story. It's, you know, it, it, it you know, Oppenheimer at the beginning is very like, you know, bang, 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 lots Jumpy. of scenes, very talky. You can't really pull it together. And, um, you know it 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 does that kind of shouting at you thing um yeah that's what this movie felt like it did for for much of its runtime but i didn't then get pulled into what it was about
2: score
0: oh goodness um yeah do i have to um uh 6
2: i'm with joe exactly what joe said i i think i would give it a 7 no, I don't know. Somewhere between a six so and seven, so. it's very. I was gonna say bravo encore for for everything else except the content.
0: A plus film craft. Yeah, I mean yeah, but the
1: story is a little lacking. It's stunning. If I was a filmmaker, the one genre I would never touch is a biopic. Like it's impossible, right? A whole life in two hours. Yeah, it's then hard. you either either it becomes like a Wikipedia entry where he's like, and then he got married and, and then, then he did happened, this and, and then, and then that, he won yeah, this award yeah. and then that happened. And it becomes choppy. Or I think you have to focus on one portion of that person's right. life and then Yeah. yeah that becomes so dissatisfying. That becomes diss- yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. tricky. Yeah. yeah.
0: It maybe yeah, maybe the thing that it reminded me most of was the Steve Jobs um mm. with Michael Fassbender. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Difficult film about uh, a, an amazing man. A great man, yeah. Directed by um, Danny Boyle, I think, mm-hmm. who did that one. Yeah. Um, but strangely. Um, Model uncompelling. Yeah. yeah. Too bad. Final
2: um, movie and then Dumplings.
0: Zone. <laughs> I should, yes, indeed. Yes. Just um, to remind you both. <laughs> I, I may not want them after this next one. I know. Uh, the Zone of Interest. So, Rashmi or Yasdi, I think you need to.
2: Oh, it's me yes oh, no. it's me no it's yeah. me it's me okay zone of interest um so basically um the commandant of auschwitz Rudolf hoss and his wife hedwig strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden next to the camp um this is directed and written by jonathan glazer and written additionally by martin amis and jonathan glazer um and it stars Christian Friedel, Sandra Hüller, Ralph Herforth, and a number of others. Um, Yazdi, what did you think of this movie?
1: So I should preempt by saying Jonathan Glazer is one of those filmmakers who makes a movie every five, seven years, and they're greatly celebrated. He did the movie Birth with Nicole Kidman. He did Sexy Beast with uh, Ben Kingsley. And then most recently, he did Under the Skin with... Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Um, so, you know, it, so this, this movie is based on a Martin Amos novel of the same name. Um, it's very difficult to talk about this movie because it it all the movie is, is, it's one premise and it kind of is seeing this premise through and I don't know how to talk about this without mentioning the premise, but... Um, The movie, you know, we talked at the start of this podcast about uh, uh, all of us strangers, which, you know, might take some time initially, but it's well worth the effort. I think this movie is kind of in the same space. Um, The movie starts with the title credit, and then there is like three minutes of a blank screen because the title just fades away and you almost wonder if something's wrong with the AV, and all you're you're hearing is these sounds in the background for those three three minutes. Mm -hmm. It it may try somebody's patience, but I think what Glazer is doing is very important. He's kind of immersing you in a soundscape, which is not discernible initially. There are little pops, and there are some people shouting, and it's not very clear. And then it took me a full hour into the movie before I realized, it, because the initial part of the movie just seems to be about this German couple, husband-wife, husband goes to work, wife is worried about her garden, there are kids, they have servants. And then you realize who they are and what they're doing, and it's suddenly the whole thing just weighs down on you, and you realize what's going on. It's kind of like the son of Saul. Uh, and again, I, maybe I'm giving too much away even by mentioning that, but it's kind of... I'm just going to say it. It's kind of a Holocaust movie from a very, very different angle, um, and I found out that the, the the book on which it is based was a fictional telling of an actual person who lived, and he has just taken again taken the bare bones of that and kind of made done his own research of the actual commandant and kind of filled in the gaps. Um, And then he does something very unusual towards the end, which you may consider manipulative, which you may consider very, very uh, effective. But I kind of came away from this with a very heavy heart and I'm still kind of processing it like a week after having seen it, because there's some things which are happening towards the end. And I'm like, what's the purpose of that? But the premise is very, very, very effect, effective. It's a slap on the face. And by the way, I, w- I want to call out the actors, especially Sandra Huller, who plays his wife. She's also the lead in Anatomy of a Fall. She's she's the lead actress in that, and she is phenomenal. But yeah, what do you guys think about Joe. the zone of interest?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is, gosh, it's quite something. And um, yeah, so... I didn't realize the sleight of hand there with what you had just mentioned, which was the sound. Mm-hmm. The sound design of this movie is everything. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. It, it's not like something, some element of the movie. The sound design of this movie is 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 what makes it what it is. And I'm so glad we saw it in the theater, yeah. um, because I think that would easily be washed. I mean, you know, for example, we live on a street. You know, that's fairly busy and there's a lot of white noise that creeps into our environment. And I think when you're in a silent movie theater, um, you you know, you're almost wondering what is the everyday world? What is the sounds? But yeah, uh, I had a much earlier realization yesterday of of what that sound was um oh hmm. well, really I me did too not. yeah yeah just just by simply you know for, for me the penny dropped simply because you know they they lived their their home the home in which this the story is set is next to a barbed wire fence and a gate and so i was like oh 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 and immediately i was like listening because there were the occasional pops of sound that were well, you you just knew what that would have mm-hmm. been, what that was the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 shouting and the so yeah it it's um it's a remarkable movie in terms of setting its atmosphere up, but then it becomes you know um and and I think this to be honest I think it would have been very effective as a short film because we get a lot of other family mm-hmm. drama which the horror is in the the juxtaposition of it all right the horror is in the and and th- these movies are the ones that have very deep impact on me because you know there are like like son of saul so son of saul is a movie about Sonder commandos it came out a few years ago um pro- probably my favorite movie of that year um in terms of uh how how uh how, it's an unwatchable movie i don't ever want to experience it again but goodness um it's about the people who were working uh, in foot enforced situations but you know somebody needed to push people into um incinerators into incinerators and and it always makes me question my own integrity. Would I have been the person to say no to this or would I have done my job diligently in the way that um I was told to and you know those kind of questions haunt me um constantly because I always like to think, oh no, I would be the one that would say no. Um, uh, but this movie um, shows somewhat sympathetically that people were doing a job, but then you, with increasing horror, understand uh, that the, the nature of their job is, is um, one about efficiency and the efficiency and the numbers and the management. It, it's horrific. And, and as you, uh, the more and more you kind of think about the movie afterwards, the, the, the deeper the horror grows. It's, it's a special movie.
2: It's difficult to say you enjoyed a movie like this or that it's entertaining or um, that this is a rush out and see because of the subject matter. But this is an important movie to see. This is an important movie to digest and understand about what was going on and how it was going on. And even though it's somewhat of an imagining about a real person, It's a really well-crafted movie around, and you said the word juxtaposition. I thought you'd stolen my notes, Joe. Um, You know, there's people dying on the other side of the fence and they're showing a woman concerned about... Her garden. Her garden, exactly. But its I think it's also about human nature and it's about people making sense of the world that they're living in. And people being people, horrific. Um, I don't don't know what really else to say about it. it, It's very well crafted. Just even, even there's this whole kind of animation section in the movie, right? There's moments of animation with a little girl doing something. And I didn't quite understand what that was or who that was. But it didn't matter, right? You understand that it's someone who's going out to try and help exactly. the people who are going to come into the fields and potentially lose their lives. It's
1: it's um, it's a negative reel. Correct. It's negative. Yeah, yeah it looks like yeah, and I couldn't yeah. quite
2: figure out what it was. But yeah. you're right. It's negative. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. It 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 deserves so much praise. I don't think it sympathizes with these Nazis. No. It definitely doesn't portray them in a nice light. but it but it I hate to say it humanizes them. But in some ways, it just shows what was happening and how how I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it. It's very impactful. It's very, very impactful. This is a really i don't again, I don't want to say it's an entertaining good movie, but it's really I powerful. It's and good, I think it's a yeah. very good it's a very good movie.
1: I took away two things from it. Look, this is a movie about the Holocaust. I, there are two things I took away from it. One is that we now look back and think, "Oh my God, how did how did this ever happen?" But Ugh. in the moment when it's happening, it's that it's it's the fact that extreme evil and the mundane exist together. Yes, great. And, and yeah, re, it's 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 all about the mundaneness of of things happening while extreme evil is happening just just a stones throw away. And I think it's also about the dangers of compartmentalization because I think the only way this family could do what they're doing is by compartmentalizing and kind of not thinking about what's happening. Like, there are scenes in this movie where the husband, who is the commandant, is so, like, uh, in a, distend, in a, in a uh, dispassionate way discussing, you know, more efficient incinerators. And the only way you can do that as a human being is you compartmentalize. You're like, you, I don't want to think about this. I'm just doing it as a job. And ultimately, there's a price to pay for that. And I think the other thing also is it's very relevant to what's happening right now i mean we're we're talking about eating noodles, but there are two big wars going on around the world, so I think it holds yeah it holds all of us complicit in a way that mm-hmm. are we that different from those people now, in their case, they were perpetrated, like the husband was perpetrator was a was the main perpetrator of the evil that was going on, but everybody else is just sitting there and watching, so I think it it's I think it's I kind of saw it as relevant to what's going on right now and I kind of felt that it was pointing a finger at me as much yeah. as as that group of people. So it 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 just is really making me think a lot about how this would have all played out.
0: I mean I think it was actually somewhat sympathetic to yeah. the main officer because I think there is a moment in the movie where he gets a chance to kind of where he's he's got a not not say gets a chance but he's he's taken away from it but um, you know, because he was ultimately the, the, the best at what he did. There was a look in his eye that seemed to, you know, there was a, a scene towards the end of the movie where I think the horror of, of the task at hand uh, must ultimately yeah. destroy uh, some part of you. Eventually
1: it's going to come out. You, you cannot keep it. However, you,
0: yeah. you know, uh, at the same time, you know, anyone, you know, I, if you've, when you think too much about many elements of life, you know, um, you know, meat production, or either, mm-hmm. that, you know, not not that it's the same, but but our drive for efficiency sometimes obscures, um, and in this case, by, nece- by necessity, yeah. in any war situation, there is a dehumanization of the uh, of the enemy, so that you can get people to do things that they would not consciously, conscionably do in other circumstances. It's uh, yeah. And like you say yesterday, I think the, the mirror is, is purely on us. Um, I, I look at that and then I am like, would I have been the good soldier following orders? Or would I have said, no, this is wrong and found myself on the wrong side of, you know, I, I hate those questions because I, I, I often worry, that the, the, the answer to those questions is, is not the one I, I that is not the noble one. And, and I think we as a, as, a, as a species have to constantly ask ourselves those questions. And I, I wonder why we keep having these moments of these movies. You know, the, the World War II was 100 years ago, yeah. you know, whatever. Because we
2: haven't learned much from it.
0: Because it's important to be reminded yeah. of what can happen if things go untethered.
2: Yeah, I, I don't have much more to say about this one. I can I can score this one. This is easily a nine out of ten for me.
1: Yeah, this is a nine out of ten. And I'm not just saying this because this is a you know, Holocaust is a big topic. It always is. It it brings everything to a grind. But I think the way I mean, I would think at this point there's nothing less nothing left to say about the Holocaust. And yet how this filmmaker has done it without Ever actually showing any act of violence? Yes.
2: While just it's all, in the, the it's all in the background. The train coming. You know what's going on, and I think you both said it. The sound, oh, the, the sound, sound mixing and sound design is phenomenal.
1: So to to kind of make us talk again about this on a topic which has been you know in, infinitely written about and films made about is is quite remarkable. So I think you know kudos to him for for you know he I mean he did. Exceptional research on this man, and a lot of that is in the film. But it's a weird thing to say, but yes, ultimately, it is a little sympathetic towards him Mm -hmm. saying, you know, this could have been you or me. Right. I mean, people, I'm sorry not to belabor this, people talk about people owning slaves and they're like, how dare they own slaves? Well, in that time, in the moment, that's what people were doing. They probably realized it's horrible, but.
0: Yeah, would That's you have been the did. person to say no? Right. I don't know. Right. So I hate I, that question.
1: Yeah, I hate that question. So it makes you ask a lot of, and I think I like the part there, it made me think about, what am I doing, you know, to all, all the great injustices that we're seeing in the yeah. world. So nine out of 10, it's a great film, great acting again, production design, everything. I, I don't know, did they recreate everything or they shot on location? I think they, sh- they might've shot on location, but I, I don't know. I mean, I've yeah. seen
2: those though. I've seen that garden yeah. in uh, photographs and in documentaries. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I don't know. Joe,
0: yeah, I mean this. This would be a nine out of ten for me. Other than I think um, there's a couple of gimmicks at play here. Which yeah, I didn't um, like that one gimmick towards the end. Yeah, that that I think yeah, the, the, everything that this movie had to say and it it's very important. So I don't want this to diminish my perception of what it had to say because I'm not doing that. But everything it had to say could have been done in a forty-five minute short film, Um mm. and. It's drawn out to to feature length by the insertion, I think, of of various gimmicks. But um, it just knocks a point off for me because I think, oddly, um, in the movie, I didn't feel as moved by some of what was happening. And even having come away from it, I I don't feel like the movie um, left me personally um, emotionally injured as i was when we watched something like son, uh, son of saul you know um or other movies that, you know schindler's list is mm. is is possibly yeah. the greatest movie of all time for me personally um because of how perfect it it's it's it, it 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 does everything it sets out to do um so yeah 8 out of 10 it's it's a remarkable thing i mean you know do watch it um the performance is again award worthy, as we've talked about for you know the the first movie and the second movie in this podcast. I mean, this is a time of year when we see you know great actors doing great things, and and everyone here was was um, was horrifically note perfect. Um,
1: yeah, I've struggled with what we what we both are calling the gimmick, and I see it as a gimmick. You see it as a gimmick, but I think for some other viewer. Yeah, what me, are you calling the gimmick? Me, uh, there's a scene of present day. That
2: oh, gets, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, yes.
1: Okay. So, but somebody else, for, for somebody else that might be like, that's the part which devastated me, right? So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to judge. But for me, it, it felt a little gimmicky. And I think without that present day scene, um it would have been just as effective.
2: Well, I think it's the exclamation mark.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's
2: it's the the underline or the bold text or the exclamation mark.
0: And perhaps if you're, if you have, I didn't mind it. Well, if, if you haven't experienced that before, because I've seen many a documentary and, 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 um, uh, you know, piece of film that's, that's kind of given me those visuals before. I mean, I think to insert them here was odd, but, also, I think if you hadn't really thought about it, yeah. it expresses something in a in a way that the magnitude of it is yeah good. the show don't tell yeah. yeah yeah okay very good noodle time yes. <laughs> noodles
1: noodles, noodles.
0: <laughs> so uh, thank you again for listening to our podcast um, we may have a little bit of a production hiatus just due to um, holiday schedules travels and movie schedules and whatever but we will um, do our best to keep talking to you over over the holidays so thank you again for taking the time to download our podcast onto your phone use up your bandwidth on little old us we do appreciate that Um, until our next podcast once again too many movies too little time a goodbye from me
1: and me and me as well